When God made me, he painted my eyes, but he painted them poorly and that's why I wear glasses. That's right, we'll be discussing the pillow book today, but before we get into it, I want to thank you for checking out the podcast. Hope you can join us in discussion for our next film, due by April 12th at noon, Ang Lee's Brokeback Mountain. Get ready to cry and send your tears to projectorfuel at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, we'll read your comment on the show and hopefully we can learn a little bit from each other. Okay, let's get started. The pillow book felt to me more of a visual scrapbook than a film. With layered images, squares on squares, the lyrics of a song playing on screen, and even a record scratch or two, this film utilized many mediums to get its feelings across and connect thematically to its story. However, it just didn't do it for me. The constant picture-in-picture and voiceover made it difficult for me to connect to any one character. It felt more like a documentary with dramatizations in this way, but I understand there's a certain elegance in how this film was edited. It was not for me necessarily, but I could easily see the film student suffering from loneliness and a sense of high wreath who would find comfort in all corners of this movie. Here's an example. Nagiko enters the book publisher to convince the head honcho to publish her book. As she walks around, an image at the bottom of the screen appears. Scenes from when she was younger and visiting the publisher with her father. Putting that image on screen, at first I was upset. It's my opinion that art in that way, a link to childhood, should be up to the audience to discover for themselves. I didn't want to be forced to see the similarities. Just as I would want Marty McFly to point out how his father was always a coward. But as the scene continued, aggressively, I began to understand the choice. These are the images in the head of Nagiko. It's her nostalgia we are feeling in real time. It was a clever utilization of the medium, for sure, but again, it was just not for me. What I did like was the character study of a person whose life is dedicated to the written word, so much so that it becomes intertwined with flesh. It pushed some boundaries, certainly made me a bit uncomfortable at times, but I liked that. And there's a moment at the end when Nagiko is in the final duel with her publisher, cleverly creating her books that reflect the bodies they're written on. That was cool to see, and had I been more invested in the character, I'm sure those deliveries and her removal from the story at that point would have made a great impression. Overall, a great exercise in unusual editing and storytelling. Even though I may not have loved the film, it's always great to see the limits and structures of the art form being sculpted unapologetically. I look forward to seeing Greenaway's other films, and hopefully he's manipulated the form in those films also. Thanks to Paul for choosing the movie. I'm glad I watched it. And thanks to at the work of Re on Instagram for the picture in our profile. Join us for Brokeback Mountain this weekend while you're staying home nice and safe. Thanks again for checking us out and I'll talk to you later. <laughs>